0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the word of God. Go to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. Now the Lord has dealt with me as I've gotten into this series, you know, the Lord had talked to me sometimes about how I'm teaching something, and actually He kind of corrected me and said, you need to go back and do some foundational things, because there's so much about the will of God that people do not consider in their lives. A lot of people in the body of Christ, really when it comes down to, you ask them, you know, are you really doing everything you can do? to live out the will of God in your life. If, 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 if a lot of people were honest, they'd say no. And a lot of people do live out their lives without really exploring the, the, the boundaries of the will of God, the dimension of the will of God, or, nor, do they, nor do they consider uh, the obedience required to walk in the will of God. Now, I think what we do many times is we misread things. You get someone like me that stands up here expounds on this particular subject, talks about it from the view or the standpoint of my own life and my own lifestyle. Where I live, Lee and I live totally by faith. We have no outside income sources. We have no side deals. We have have nothing but ministry. And not only that, we've proved some things. We've seen some things. God's blessed our lives. I'm not saying we're perfect, but we have found a little headway in the will of God in our lives trusting God that she and I are an example to the people that we pastor of what we believe our life and lifestyle proves out in not only believing but applying it to your life, that you can't live by faith, you can't live by the will of God. Well, see, people will hear that and think, well, what does that mean? Does that mean I need to quit my job? Does that, what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything like that because your life that God gives you and the will of God for your life will fit within the perimeters of the life that you have if you will allow it. And if there is something outside of those perimeters and you're willing, God will speak to you and move you outside of those perimeters and those perimeters will change. Amen? You don't have to try to copy or try to reproduce something that's in somebody else's life. Now, also an understanding that all of these alternatives. We, Lee and I watched something today for just a few moments on television. A, a precious lady that was, had an eating disorder and this guy was trying to help her and all this kind of stuff. And, and uh, it was just kind of sad because uh, she, her problem is obviously spiritual. And the help she was getting was, was psychological. Amen. Amen. And they were talking about how your brain gets tricked by this and that and this goes on and that goes on. Where in reality, what would truly be the answer for this young woman would be Jesus. To get born again, to to, to find Jesus as Lord and Savior, to to find out the will of God for her life, to find out which, which in reality. Every person on the planet has the right to go any direction they want to go. That's your right to do that. You have the right of choice. Now, there are people you say, well, man, i tell you what. There's some people out there, Pastor Rusty, that they've gone their own way, done their own thing, and they look like they're greatly blessed. Well, you don't really know that just because they have great material wealth does not prove great blessing in their life because you're not a judge of their peace. You're not a real judge of their joy. You're not a real judge of anything. I mean, we've watched documentaries, all of us have, about individuals who have taken their own lives, who have, who have done things uh, really horrific to themselves, who had great success and great wealth and who lived very sad lives in the midst of all of that, quote, success. So you can't really gauge. That's really not a measure of the human experience that, you know, being some type of rebel and doing your own thing. We, we watched a movie the other day that had uh, James Dean in it. And, you know, James Dean died in a car wreck in 1956. He was young, and they were talking about what a great actor he would have become if he could have continued to develop in his craft. And when you go back and you study his life he had great success and he was quote the rebel in Hollywood. And when you peel back the layers of all of that and really study who he was and how he lived he was miserable. He was absolutely miserable. And I hope in his catastrophe he cried out to Jesus and made it to heaven. I don't send people to hell. I always believe somehow they end up in heaven the last minute they cry out, Jesus. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And there are those that are Christians that can live out their lives and and, and seem to have success but never really enter into what's called, quote, the will of God. They can have a business or a job and make money. But here's the difference. The added pressure of the spirit that's in the air talks about it in Ephesians chapter 2. The Bible talks about the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, which is a spirit that pulls you out from under the umbrella of grace. And if you want anything in your life and something that you want more and more and more and more and more of, it is the grace of God. Because the faith that you have is designed to tap into that grace and pull down the ability of God into your life. And that grace is designed for you to walk on a path of righteousness for His namesake. And in so doing, many of the pitfalls of the world, the depressions, the heartaches, the, uh, uh, you know, all of those things that tend to stick onto the human experience and affect your entire life and lifestyle. Amen setbacks and, and hurts and pains and all that kind of... And the grace just seems to cover that. And it doesn't affect you like it does other people. So there's a couple of principles and points that I want to make tonight that will help you to begin to consider this, quote, will of God for your life from a perspective of the Word of God in such a way that understanding that walking out the will of God, there's more benefits, there's more attributes, there's more blessing than any other life or lifestyle you can choose. And let me say this, there's more joy. I mean, some of the most trying times of my life, I've entered into some of the most joyful times of my life and have made the discovery that joy is something spiritual and not like happiness, which is comes and goes based on your wherever you're at in life, amen? Now, the first point we're going to make is this. You have to receive the Word of God as, quote, the Word of God. Now, that's why I have you over in Thessalonians. Look there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Uh, Verse 12 says that you would walk worthy of God, who hath called you into His kingdom and glory. Everybody say kingdom and glory. So we talk about the will of God. Well, He's called you into His kingdom, His dominion, His way of doing things, and His glory, which is God manifested in your life. Amen? The glory of God. And for this cause, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which He heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God which effectively, effectually worketh also in you that believe. Now Paul is saying to the Thessalonican church, the church at Thessalonica, listen, here's why you're progressing. Here's why you're seeing things. Here's why God is doing things in your life. Because when we came and preached revelation, you did not receive that as the word of men. You received that as the word of God. Which brings you to a place in your own life of choice. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you have to choose when the Word of God is taught to you whether you're receiving something from man or from God. Amen? Because you can tell, I mean, you preach to enough crowds. I mean, I've done it now for going on 35 years in March. Uh, You preach to enough crowds, you can tell by the uh, expression on people's faces whether or not they're thinking, oh, you know, come on, man, You, you you need to get off your opinion and get over back to the Word of God. Well, here's the deal. The Word of God, that which is revealed by God, and it is taught through a ministry gift with the anointing of God upon it, at any moment in time, God can take the written Word and give revelation to you. Revelation can drop right into your spirit. And if you're constantly judging, teaching, or preaching by your own opinion, by your own ideas, then every time you do that, you literally shut the door for the Spirit of God to come. And the Bible says what the Spirit of God does, He broods. He hovers. Genesis chapter 1 talks about the Spirit of God hovering or brooding, waiting for the Word of God to be spoken so that He could come and perform what God said. Let there be light, and light was. So obviously when God was creating, there was a reception, a place in the earth, in which the earth said, we're ready for light. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. So over a a congregation, over a meeting, I've seen it in mass with thousands of people sitting in a place where I was teaching or preaching and the anointing be there and the Word of God be there. And you could tell. You could see it on the faces of the people. You could literally see light come on their face. Now that's no indication of whether they received it or not. But immediately one of the first things you ought to do As you come to church or you come to a service here at Island Church, you ought to rehearse in your own heart and with your own words this, I'm going to hear from God tonight. I'm going to hear from God tonight. God's going to speak to me by His Word tonight. I'm going to hear something that is going to be revelation knowledge. I'm going to hear something. And although that preacher may get up and preach, there's going to be things in that message that are not going to be the Word of man. It's going to be the Word of God. And that's what I'm going to catch and that's what I'm going to receive. I'm going to hear the Word. And what does it call it there? It calls it truth. Everybody say truth. God is always trying to impart truth to us. And truth, I got into the dictionary, into the concordances, and started looking at truth. And my goodness, trying to define truth, that's, that's not really an easy job. But truth does have definition. It's not just general. So I wrote a couple of things here that might help us. Real simple. Truth is a position of certainty in action, character, and utterance that establishes reality. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, think about facts. How do you know the difference between something that is factual and something that is truthful? Well, something that is factual is subject to change. I always talk about weather. It's factual. Your weather report is a factual report which means uh, today it was uh, 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 cold. And I, I was driving down Broadway and I thought, what is that stuff bouncing off the hood of my truck? And it was sleeting. I said, it's sleet. Well, you know, July, we don't see much sleet. You say, now what point are you trying to make? Within the, within the confines of facts, there's a lot of change. There's not a certainty. Amen? But within truth, there's established a certainty. There's one God. Now, a lot of people have never established that in their lives. You say, what do you mean by that? There's one God. People say, well, you know, Pastor, you know, you, you get off on this one God thing, and you, but, but, you know, we need to respect other religions. Who says? I don't respect other religions. I don't respect religions that send people to hell. Amen? There is one God. Everybody say, one God. Well, we need listen, we need to have reverence and we need to have respect for other religions. No, you don't. And I'm going to tell you who says that. God says that. Amen. He said, I'll have no other gods. Uh, but for me, I was watching a surf movie one time and they were on this island and I thought I'd like to go there. I thought, man, that would really be cool to go there. A beautiful wave that broke. It was very consistent. I mean, they say like 300 days out of the year this wave breaks. But the problem is, is that the all-inclusive resort on that area, when you go there, you have to go through a little ceremony. You have to go through a little ceremony. you got to drink a little drink. They draw a little thing on your hand. It looks like a snake. And what it is, it's a, it's a recognition of their demon god. And they require that of everybody that comes to the resort. I thought to myself, I ain't going there. As much as I'd like to go ride that wave and hang out on that beautiful island, I'm not going to do that. You know, people will try to get you into a place, especially in the nations of the world, where you try to compromise yourself when it comes to one God. But there ain't but one God. He is Jehovah, God Almighty, Elohim. We have to understand that there is one God and God is jealous of that fact. Excuse me. Of that truth. That is a truth. It is not changeable. Amen? So, With that in mind, we have to understand the components that help us enter into the will of God or that keep us out of the will of God, that truth establishes in our heart, that we walk out by faith and appropriate grace for our lives. Now, I know that was a lot said right there, but I'll I'll try to bring it back to perspective for you. Number one, fear, pride, and rebellion keep you out of the will of God. But submission, humility, faith that works by love, pulls you into the will of God. Amen? Now, that, that first word, which we've used that word many times, submission. But I don't think we've really plumbed the depth of that because most people, it's in their agreement that they think they're submissive. Now let me say that again. It's in their agreement that they have, think they have found submission. Amen. If you're a tither and you, you I get up and say, you know, you need to tithe your income. You, oh, I'm a tither. I'm a tither. I'm submitted to tithing. No, you're not submitted to tithing. You're in agreement with it. Amen. You're not submitted to it. You're in agreement with it. Submission is the areas you do not agree with. Amen. I mean that could be as as, as, as dramatic as me being pastor. <laughs> I don't agree you ought to be pastor, boy, you better submit to it. I was here before you. And we don't vote around here. Amen. <laughs> well, that went over big, didn't it? But you have that you see the difference between agreement and submission. And the Bible says do what over in the book of James? Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist or walk in authority. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So, well, all of the areas of agreement that you're in are not working for you. And the devil's still beating your brains out. Then obviously there's some areas you're going to have to submit in. And you've got to go find out what that is. You've got to pray and say, Lord, show me in my heart. Where I'm not being submissive and I will adjust that even though when I look at it, I don't think I should do that. Now say you don't tithe. But all of a sudden, you got a revelation of tithing. And you think, I still don't want to tithe. Amen? But I'm going to do it out of what? Obedience. So through your obedience, you become submissive. You know what's going to happen to you? Next thing you know, after you weather the battles of your mind, you're going to start seeing areas of your life in which it's working, where the devours rebuke, the windows of heavens are open over you. You're going to start seeing the favor of God. You're going to start seeing the blessing of God. You'll start seeing all kinds, and you'll think to yourself, wow, and then all of a sudden you will become willing and obedient, which removes the submission part. Now you're in agreement with it. And I tell you, I've seen it in many areas. Baptism of the Holy But a lot of people think, nah, I just don't agree. I, I, just, I just don't agree that I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. But why don't you submit to it? Because if you will submit to it and get filled with the Holy Ghost, next thing you know, you will find out the benefits of praying in the Spirit, the benefits of having all these languages to worship God with, the benefits of the Spirit of God guiding you into all truth, and the benefit of the Spirit of God being able to open up the Word of God like never before in your life. And next thing you know, you become submissive to that. Now you're in agreement with the Word. You no longer have to be submissive in that area because now you're in agreement. Now, most of the areas of our life where submission has to be applied has to do with our character. And most of what has to do with our character deals with our personalities. That's the way God made me. No, He didn't make you like that because if He made you the way He wanted to, you wouldn't be like you are. Did you get that? Most people are going, oh, No, if He made you the way He wanted to make you, you would not be like you are. You would not have attitude. Amen? You would not have any of those, you know, whatever you call them, that you think makes you unique that irritates the fire out of the rest of us. Amen? And what God likes to do is He likes to run up against that. He likes to run up against that through the Word of God, through the teaching of the Word, through a move of this, whatever it is. He run up against that and you think, no, that's just me. I like this I like this part of me, you know. This, I like this part of me. And God said, you have to get rid of that part of you because that part of you, I don't like it because one reason is that's an area where you're not submissive and because of that you're rebellious but it's been such a part of you for so long that it'd be like trying to chop your arm off but if you'll let me take it off, I'll give you something better than your arm. Did you get that? You say, what do you mean? There's a lot of things about our own personality. We think it makes us unique. You know, rebellion is such a lie. Wherever there's rebellion, there's a spirit of deceit. And the the biggest illustration of that was the 60s. Where we were going to explore the great boundaries of our individuality. And everybody looked the same. Smelt the same, listened to the same music, did the same drugs, protested the same thing. Just everybody was just cookie cutter stupid. That's what they were. And out of it came what? Out of it came, was it it peace and love? There was, there was, there was. Unwanted pregnancies, drug addiction, war going on, civil rights problems, and rebellion manifested itself, and secular, and it was so deceptive. Everybody thought it was. Well, oh, this is how we have peace, peace, brother, peace. While well, you're breaking into my house, stealing money for your drugs, you know. Come on. And and you know, there's something about that that God just really doesn't like. You say, what do you mean he doesn't like it? Obviously, he's had to deal with it in heaven. Now, you'd think God wouldn't have to deal with that in heaven. Amen? I ain't got to deal with that. So he gets him a music leader. He wants to raise praise and worship to another level. Amen? Amen? So he creates him a music leader. And he puts pipes in him, and he puts all this good stuff. So this guy, every time he opens his mouth, he just leads all the, all the angelic host and everybody else who may be in heaven. He leads them in the high praises of God. And I don't know how many really good worship services they had, but during one of them, the guy quit worshiping God, got his eyes off God, and got his eyes on himself. And what happened? Look, even at the end of the millennial reign, after a thousand years, who's loosed for a season? Satan. And what does he do? He starts a rebellion. A rebellion starts. Amen? And what you have to understand is that the nature of this world is a rebellious nature. That's what it is. That's why submission and humility and love, true love, godly love, agape and faith and all these other character attributes of our God. Because if anyone was submissive, it was Jesus. If anybody humbled himself, it was him. If anybody was walking in love, it was God the Father by giving his only begotten son. He demonstrated the ability of these character attributes to do the impossible, to restore a fallen race. The human race. Back to the grace of God. Back to the graces of God. Amen? Now, go to Romans. I do have a clock back there so y'all don't have to worry about me not having a watch. We were in a meeting one time and this guy got to preaching. He preached for like three hours. And the first hour was good. First hour was good, but boy, after that it got a little thick. So a guy on the second row did this with his watch. And so that preacher walked over to him. Hey, we got a guy here who thinks he's the Holy Ghost. That went about as well as the last two hours. <laughs> Look in Romans chapter 1. This is one of the chapters they want to take out of the Bible. I'm serious. They want to take Romans 1 out of the Bible, but we're not going to do it. Amen. Look at verse, uh, let's start at verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Now notice this, who hold the truth and unrighteousness. Everybody say hold the truth. Now what are we studying? We're studying the will of God. The truth of God comes into men's lives, but they hold or possess it in not rightness. This is how all of the religions of the world got started. In every religion that is in the world, you can trace it back to a time where somebody had a contact with the real God. And whatever it was that was revealed to them in righteousness, they handled it wrong. I'm convinced that's what happens to Christian denominations. Because all denominations are set up because somebody disagreed with somebody else, and because of that disagreement, we have to set up a power structure. Instead of letting God work that out, then what we'll do is we'll elect a president and we'll have all these different officers and, and we'll set up this structure. And if you fit within our structure, then you can, you can claim the attributes of our denomination. So it's really all denominations are based on rebellion. And have you ever noticed how those churches split over? you got the first church, which came into the town and started. And then, but then you have the second church. The first blah-blah church, and then the second blah-blah church, and then the, then the third blah-blah, and the fourth, and then they, then they end up changing, you know, now you've got the tree of life and the word of life. And the, and the this. But it's all the same, and it's all the same denomination. It's just you can tell how many church splits they've had in the last hundred years. Amen? It's the truth. You go into a city, I, I did it for years as I went into smaller towns. I think, look at that beautiful Baptist church. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, there's a beautiful Assembly of God church. Well, that looks like an older Baptist. Well, that looks like an older similar. Well, look at that Methodist church. Well, look at that other Methodist church. Well, there's there's one, two, three Catholic churches. What do you think all that is? That's rebellion. People get mad at each other, mad at the so they split. People have handled the Word of God unrighteously, or the truth, Amen, in unrighteousness. It's a, it's a, it says in the next verse, verse nineteen, because that which uh, may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. It's not that God hadn't showed them anything. He showed it to them, but they rejected it. For the invisible things from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now literally this is what this scripture is saying. When you look at creation itself, you look at the order. Amen? I mean, you don't, you don't go in and you see, you know, uh, we were talking about ducks earlier. So, you know, y- you find a bunch of ducks that just really got tired of being wet. So they moved to the desert. And instead of mar- living in the marsh, they live in the desert. Well, they can't do that. You say, why? Because everything that's provided for them is in the marsh. So they stay within the confines of their species. Remember, You ever heard the uh, the, uh, uh, saying, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a... It ain't hard to figure it out. Amen? Well, the same is true. God says, look at nature. It has purpose. It has order. It has function. There's value in it. Look at it. It operates on a certain schedule. I remember one year, uh, uh, we've always enjoyed the The snow geese that fly, they don't fly down as much anymore because man has messed with them. Truly, man's messed with the migration and and, and messed up their their, their flight patterns. But before man did that, there was a a snow goose that they banded and put a radio collar on and studied it for two years. The second year, it took off out of Saskatchewan, Canada and flew all the way to Katy, Texas and landed within a hundred feet of where it landed the year before. Now, how did it do that? You know, in airplanes, we have, we have huge uh, 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 communication systems. A plane flies from one area of communication, then the next picks them up, and as they go, the next picks them up. They've got radar. They've got all these, these avionics, all this kind of stuff. And God took all that information that it's taken, man, hundreds of years and billions of dollars to develop. God took all of that and put it in the head of a goose. No flight plan, no avionics, no radar, just look, 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 look. Looks like the right place. Boom, right down on. How did he get there? Let me tell you how he got there. The Bible says he got there by the Word of God. All things are upheld by that Word, by Him. All things find their existence. All things, and God says, when you look at that, when you observe that, it reveals me, my nature, my glory. This is who I am. This is what I can do. And He reveals it to who? The human family whose life is in turmoil. Full of rebellion, strife, hate, envy, all those negative things. Next verse, verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God to an image made made like the corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Now there's your false religions right there. We see God, we see nature. And how many people today, they worship Mother Earth. God is nature. God is... God is. No, those are the creations of God and they reveal that everything He does has what? Has a purpose. You know, listen, let me just say this. I, I, I know you may think I think bizarrely and I probably do. But all of those ducks we saw Monday afternoon, you know where they were? Let me tell you where they were. They were in the will of God. None of them were walking down Main Street of Rockport. Quack, quack. Amen? None of them them were standing up on the bridge. All of them were right where the Word of God said they should be. Doing what the Word of God said they should do. Now hold on, you want some shouting ground? Where they were and what they were doing produced for them function purpose and God supplied all of their need all their food was there all their water was there everything they need is there we we clean those ducks when uh uh the only thing that was negative that was there was me (laughs) with a 12-gauge shotgun and a box of number four duck load amen I was the only thing injected into that person, into that picture that was not in the will of God for their lives, but in reality that was also in the will of God, because God gave us that Amen. to partake of. And when we were cleaning them up when I got home on Monday night, they were fat, they were thick, they were, I can't wait to eat them. they're just mm, mm, mm. They were white what they were supposed to be. None of them had tattoos. None of them had dreads. None of them had an attitude. They were just ducks. (laughs) Amen? All right. I'm about to wind it up here. (laughs) Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made uh, to like uh, corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed bees, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Now notice this. This will be the last verse and we'll stop with this. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. Amen? Now listen, the source of rebellion in the world, and that rebellion shows up everywhere, is the force that is counter to the will of God in your life, which literally nullifies your submission. You say, what do you mean by that? When you begin to make a decision, every time I sit down with that Bible, when I read my chapter every day, amen? When I read my chapter every day, when I study on my own, when I listen to that CD, when I, when, I, when I download that podcast, when I do any of that stuff, and when Pastor Rusty or whoever is in the pulpit gets up and preaches, I'm going to receive that as, a, as the Word of God. Now, you say, well, what if there's something that's in there that's not the Word? Uh, our, our pastor years ago, Brother Jared Goodwin, said this, you have to learn how to eat the fish and throw out the bones. Amen? I mean, back when we were kids, mom and dad, would go catch crappie and these different fish. Sometimes we'd come down here and catch redfish or trout or whatever. And they didn't clean fish like we do now. They'd just cut them up and fry them. And they'd always serve fish with bread because most of the time somebody's going to choke on a bone. But you had to do what? You couldn't just go woofing through that, through that fish. You had to, oh, there's a bone there, so you take it out. Well, in any teaching preaching, there's going to be some bones. And that's the opinion of man, different experience, different things. But there's also going to be what? The Word of God. And what your enemy, his greatest desire in you. Listen, he wants you to repeat his behavior so you get his reward. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy because that is is what has happened to him. He has been killed, separated from God. He has been stolen from. He lost all of his rights, all of his privilege, and he has been destroyed. And every time you worship God with the right heart and with truth, doing everything you could do in the will of God, he sees you as a threat, and he's going to come and oppose you. And he'll do it strongly. And what he wants to do is to take the truth of the Word of God, that which is established in your life, which is reality. Which more than you believe, the sun comes up. You believe Jesus is Lord. More than you believe that, you know, it's going to be cool in the winter and hot in the sun. More than you believe anything else. You believe what God says through His Word. Because here's what you must understand. As you believe the Word of God, which has no lie in it, you're much more able to adjust your character into the character of Christ so that you can finally believe your own words and receive that which you say. You say, what do you mean by that? So much of the will of God is based on what you say. It says in Mark 11 verse 23, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in their heart, but believe those things which they say. do not say what God says, it says what you say. do not say what God says, it says what you say. And every one of us, what you say, they shall have whatsoever they say. And every one of us, whether we realize it or not, from the time we were little and could begin to communicate, we have been conditioned in line. To the point where the word we trust the least many times is our own word. It didn't quiet in here. You say, what do you mean by that? If you don't believe your own word, how are you going to believe God's word? So God will take His word as you submit to it and you begin to live in His truth He will adjust your character where you can begin to, offering time, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not unto your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him. Next thing you know, He begins to prove His Word true in your life. Your words become saturated with His words, which are truth. Next thing you know, anytime a lie tries to pop out and comes through your mouth, there's a guard on your heart. Because you realize the lie is your path back into rebellion into into fear, and into pride. And you think, I ain't saying that. So the Word of God, everybody say the word of, word of God. Then your own words. The Word of God is truth, and God is working on you so that your words become truth. Amen. Where everything you say and everything you say, everything you think and everything you say is true it's true and some people think well you know that's sure that that'll put me in a real awkward position somebody say well how do I look (laughs) well just don't be stupid (laughs) does this make me look fat say yeah no you're beautiful you know I think that's the one that wives always ask their husbands you know does that that make me look fat say you know Don't start me to line. (laughs) (laughs) But this literally is the primary change. Because what do we say about faith? You say, what do you mean? Because all this takes faith. Faith works by love. Faith takes submission. Faith takes humility. Faith works by love. You start applying the truth of the Word in submission. I don't agree with that, but I see it's in the Word. I'm going to submit to that. Next thing you know, you're embracing the truth. The truth brings you under grace. Grace does some things in your life. You say, hey, this is pretty cool. I just, when was it? A few days ago, I was, where was I? I may have been down in South Texas. I, I uh, was changing clothes. It was, I was changing clothes, getting ready to go hunting and i sneezed real hard and then i sneezed about 3 more times and that third sneeze i could feel something just run down my body and immediately the thought came in my, into my mind that's the flu that's the flu you're catching the flu and i said out loud i am not i will not have the flu and i went through all my healing scriptures at the end of it i said thank you heavenly father i'm free I am free, I am free. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And my Savior said that if I continue in His Word, I'll be His disciple. I will know the what? The truth. The facts were I had some alarming symptoms for about a minute and 30 seconds. The truth was what came out of my mouth was the Word of God, and I believed it because it was the Word of God, and I believed it because I said it. and what was the will of God for me not to have the flu and I didn't get it and I'm not going to get it and that's how it works it works with prosperity it works with healing it works with the calling or the destiny of your life but you've got to make the adjustments when the Word of God is preached when you study it when you listen to it on on the media that you listen to it on the technology you listen to it on you've got to make a decision God is talking to me and when it's not God I have the ability to eat the meat and to spit out the bones so that it does not adversely affect me. Amen? You get something tonight? Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and life. Everybody say this. Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I declare the word of God taught to me. I receive not as the Word of men, but the Word of God. I thank You, Father, for an ability in my heart to eat the meat, to drink the milk, to spit out the bones, to take that which is of Your truth to deliver me from that which is a lie. Thank You, Father, that what I say lines up with Your Word. And I receive, because You said it, and I receive because I say it. Thank you, Father. I am saved. I am healed. I am blessed. The goodness of God belongs to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand on your feet. Father, we bless your name tonight. Thank you for protection, safety, and blessing. We declare over all of Ireland Church, no evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. In our travels in the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation, we claim your protection. The righteous labor of our hands, all over the area, all the work that we do, from the medical to the to the oil field, to the educational people's own businesses, the jobs that we work, everywhere we go, we're not subject trauma to terror to evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself we abide under the shadow of the most high thanking you father for your protection and safety let that door of utterance be a reality to us let us be ministers of reconciliation restoration and encouragement even as we leave tonight let us give each other an encouraging word father we thank you so much we love you so much we thank you for all that you're doing for us through us and in us Thank you for our church, Heavenly Father. We walk in love and in unity one toward another. As we leave tonight, we thank you here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by His Word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.